Family Church Podcast, a fun, sometimes intellectual conversation about the church and the comings and goings of the congregation here at Living Word. I'm the man behind the board and one of your hosts, Zach Bensel. Joining me today is head pastor and cyclist enthusiast, Gabe pastor Scott Millis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cycling enthusiast. Cy- well, I would not call myself a cycling enthusiast. You've got a couple of them, though, don't you? A couple cycles? Yeah. I have a bicycle. I have a bicycle. Oh, I thought you had more than one bicycle. I thought you had more than one, too. I think oh, I've seen right. you ride multiple more than one. Well, well, I do. I, I, we can share. You share bicycles. Well, yeah, we can do. So, yeah. What's his is yours. So. That's right. That's true. <laughs> well, I, I don't have to redact my statement then. Also, I I, even, even no matter how many bicycles I have, a, a one-mile ride from work to here and a one-mile ride back, I still think fails to qualify me as an enthusiast. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll try harder next time, guys. <laughs> also with us is youth youth director and pocket handkerchief enthusiast, Ooh, Matt Kreider. Thank you very much. I think that's O for 2 today because although I do have a pocket handkerchief, I would fail to call myself an enthusiast but as well. Because it's not it, like I've got – I use it. You I, use I mean, it more than any other human being I think does. No, I don't, I don't no. think so. Have you ever met so. Larry Millis? Oh, he has a pocket uh, handkerchief? Oh, my gosh, Yeah. Uh, there's an old joke. I wish I could remember. It was phrased in a uh, sort of a rhyme form that I can't remember. But like the, a limerick? The, the, no, it a wasn't limerick. A, a limerick, but it was... Uh, like any story that starts with, I wish I could remember something, should just stop. Like, yeah, I don't no. know. How so, since your... I can't remember, I'm not going to say anything about it. No, but it was a riddle that essentially asked the question, what is it that a poor man throws away but a rich man keeps in his pocket? And the answer was snot, because a rich man carries a handkerchief and a poor man loses. Oh, that's fascinating. If you yeah. know that, le- if you know that joke, then uh, shoot it, to Scott Millis on Facebook. He'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, Will's not really more of a riddle. I riddle. like that. That's riddle. pretty. That's yeah. pretty neat. I like riddles. I'm just not very good at solving them. Yeah, same yeah. here. So what's up, guys? What we just uh, we're coming off of oh, Easter yes. weekend. Off Easter weekend. Resurrection Sunday weekend. Right. Yes. It was good. I thought everything went really well. It yeah, really did. The good Friday service, service was great. It was. I enjoyed getting together with everybody. Everybody, and everybody hung out. They stayed and fellowshiped yeah, and they had a good that. chat. And I can't believe I didn't know this. <gasps> the person I sat next to during the fellowship and refreshment time afterward is the lady who used to run Pizza King here in St. Joseph. Oh, really? Wow. And I love Pizza King. We love their pizza. We, we used to get a video and a pizza there just about every Friday night. Yeah. I, I was sorry to see them leave the town, even though we have a superfluity of pizza joints in St. Joe. I did not know that Pizza King and that exact pizza is still in business in Homer. Oh, yeah, Homer. So I will be going there for pizza as soon as I hit my Weight Watchers goal in approximately this time, 2024. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I take that back any day. No, I used to get, in high school, I used to get Pizza King every single day. Oh, yeah. All the way through my junior year of high school. And then after really? that, I couldn't stomach it. Really? Like It wasn't like it repulsed me. It was just kind of like I was just tired of it. Wow. And it had nothing to do with their pizza. It was just more or less the fact that I'd had it every single day for three years of high school. Wow. And just That's I was just like, dedicated. ooh, man. Well, dedicated because it was two bucks for, and you can't do that today, but two bucks for a slice yeah. of pizza and a soda every day for lunch. I was literally on a $2 a day budget for right. my for my mom and dad that's what they gave me 10 bucks a week <laughs> and that was it now I, I would spend just on occasion a little bit more than that when i started working and stuff yeah. but two bucks a day was that was it so when i stopped so senior year was rough 
There's not a whole lot you can get. There's not a whole lot you can get from anywhere else in town, even back in the late 90s, for $2 a day, okay? I was basically on migrant worker funds here, okay? Oh, my Um, God. But now now can I tell you something interesting here real quick because it just made me think of it. had a couple have a, had a couple in our church. Um, uh, she used to work in the deli at IGA. Dana, uh, Dana Hissong. Oh, sure. And she that's where I first that's where I first met her. And then they started coming to church, or right. they're kind of all around right, right, similar right. time. And uh, she was awesome. She just loved me. I'm a very lovable person. Uh, well, but I would go that. to the deli. Like I said, I, IGA deli was about it. You kind of go and just kind of piece together what you can for a few couple bucks. Pizza puff. Pizza. That was one of them. So you get a little bit of variety. But sometimes I would get, they would have um, hand bread or whatever, like whatever variety of bread and then all the different lunch meats that they would cut up. And so I would order lunch meat and she would give me, like she would pile it high, but not charge me for all of it. Uh. Um, Now this is, the statute of limitations I'm sure is up. (laughs) And and since, and since, a number of years ago she passed away, uh, bless her heart. But she was, I mean, she would just give me the biggest smile and she would talk to me and whole group of high school kids all over the place because they're all crowding the the deli to get whatever yeah. for lunch and man she would pile my sandwich high with meat oh my gosh it wow. was the best and so i remember because you know she'd be at church and you know just give her great big hugs on wednesday nights when i was out of youth group and stuff like that and, and whatever anyway i was just <laughs> such a fun memory to be able to say you know hey yeah. that whole senior year man she took such good That's care of me at the, at the iga deli it was so so neat but anyway yeah, yeah. Nice. so some days i'd get a nice big sandwich and some days i would literally walk out of iga with a candy bar and a kiwi and a kiwi? And a kiwi. Wow. wow. No way to peel it. So do you know what I would do? Eat the entire thing. That's how skin, I eat kiwis. Skin and all. Yeah, you eat the hairy oh, skin? Oh, yeah. Man. I if pretend I, I'm eating a tarantula abdomen that, or something. But no, that that's... Uh, just weird. That's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I used to just scoop them out or whatever and, and down in... Didn't even realize you could eat the peeling until I was a Ramus student. I didn't think you and could eat the peeling, but I had no way I'm to like, peel it. Walking back to really school, good. I just ate it. And some of my friends were like, that's just gross. <laughs> so I literally wolf down a kiwi, eat a Kit Kat, and go back to class. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> With a sugar high. Yeah. And you'd fall asleep about 45 minutes later and crash. <laughs> wow. We would, uh, my senior year, Canfield and I both had classes that enabled us to be just about first in line in the cafeteria every day. So we would rush down there, wolf down the school lunch, and then run to what was the Spartan Inn at the time. Uh, so you'd is, eat at the cafeteria and then run out? We would eat the school out? lunch, then run down, get a slice of pizza and a Coke, and then run back. And then I would usually, as soon as we got back, I'd buy a pack of Ho-Hos from the drama club oh or whatever. Oh, my gosh. How are you not 400 was, pounds in high school? I, I, I graduated 160, you know. Oh, my was, goodness. Uh, but I was running every day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, you know, what's funny, in four years of high school, I can count on one hand. The number of times I eat in the cafeteria. In fact, I'd be surprised if there's even that many. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, Which, I love just school. Lunch. The group of friends that I was with, we always went out. I mean, wow. it could be raining, snow, whatever. We would just jet out to Pizza King or to wherever and and grab food. I mean, it was just uh, it was funny. Huh. We never hardly ever ate in the cafeteria. Well, I mean, look at the options the kids have today. You know, you got oh, Casey's and Jack Flash, and you got. Uh, Oh, Hassan down there at Padano's. Padano's yep, which is still a Some big... of them go to El Toro Subway. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the El Toro is nice because it's quick. But, right. But, I mean, there's tons of options. Yeah. Tons yeah. of options These now. kids but, today. But, but, ain't none of them you can do for $2 a day. So no, I you're feel right. Like That's true. That was, you Of course, know. that was in 1990s dollars, right? 
That's true. Nineteen ninety dollars. So it's a little different than dollars today. Oh, a little different. See, now you know how the you know the 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 uh, uh, cliche is. You know, when I was a kid, we walked uphill to school. And both, you know, I, yeah. I can't say that. I took the bus to school and I didn't right. walk to school. But when I, my kids get older, when they get to high school, I'm like, when I was a kid, I ate on two dollars a day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I used to be able to get a, two bottles of pop for a nickel. Yeah, have you worked? <laughs> I, Eight hours for that nickel, didn't For, like, my last year in college, I was a full-time student and working full-time. So when I get to having kids, I'm for sure going to say, when I was in college, I worked full-time yeah. and was yeah. a full-time student, even though it was just the last year. Right. But definitely going to use that was while I was in Now, school. here's yeah. the funny thing. And did you, and if you don't want to say it, you can cut this out, but did you pay for your, like, did you work through school and pay for your own, pay your own way? Or yeah. did you have a scholarship or anything? Well, or? Oh, yeah. Uh, scholarships, but then uh, student loans. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, when I was in, because I just went, I mean, to start with, I just went to Parkland. Yeah. And I, I mean, I paid my own way. I worked out a little payment thing yeah. with Parkland, which you could do. You right. could do, just go in there and say, okay, you pay so much a month or whatever. My parents didn't pay pay any of that. I mean, I, I, I mean, very rarely, and, you know, my parents might correct me because sometimes you remember things differently from a different perspective, but I hardly ever, ever asked my parents <laughs> for money. But ever since I was 16 yeah. and could drive, I had a job, you right. know, so I'd have my own spending money and my Same. own thing. And so, you know, by the time I got to college, Parkland especially, because it's, a, you know, it's affordable, yeah. I was working my way, you know. Yeah. So when Ashley and I talk about our kids going to school, we don't have, we're not in a position to have a college savings fund right, right. now, you know. Because right. um, y'all need to tithe more. Yeah. No, just kidding. No, uh, no, we do tithe, so we know that no, God will right. provide. That's when right. they get It'll the be there. Right. Not you. But, oh, no, gotcha. No, yeah. right. But anyway, but so I've, I've talked to Ashley, I'm like, uh, babe, we've we paid our own way through Parkland. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. took care. Like there ain't no reason our kids can't have a job and do it. You right. know, but and she and, and you know, to her credit, she's like, but I really want to be able to take care of them. Right. And uh, I agree. I said, but no more than half. Right. Like if we if yeah. we do something, you know, like we'll either match what they can earn and pay themselves or whatever. We'll right. figure something out. And I, obviously, we got plenty of time before we have to worry about that. But my whole defense of that is, you work harder for it. You respect it more, mm-hmm. and you get more out of it when you know you are paying for this yourself. I, so I've been listening to Dave Ramsey. He's got podcasts a lot more. Dave and, Ramsey. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that? of him. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Just the other day, he was saying that exact same thing. He was talking about um, how you know you can – the number one reason people go into debt for student loans is their college choice. They think they've got to go to the big yep. four-year university exactly right off right. the bat, but right. you don't. No. You can go to that community college and that's what i did too and i got it was able to get a scholarship yep. so i mean not yeah. it's drastically less and, and you can work there's ways you can get scholarships you can yeah. work full-time yeah. you and can here, make it to where you right. don't end up with student and, debt but yes, you got to do right. the work and then he was saying that you do you value it more yeah he said people who work through college tend to get have a higher gpa too than people who don't because they kind uh, of appreciate it more. Yeah, exactly so. right. When I was in Parkland, I could always tell, for the most, I shouldn't say, I can't paint with, paint with too broad a brush, but for the most part, I could tell for the kids who were getting paid for and the kids who were working their oh, way yeah. through. You can. Because two or three weeks into the semester, a third of your class wouldn't show up. Well, or it, show up rarely. If you know? you're if you're the one paying for the class, you are gonna you're going to go. You're going to yep. show up. Exactly right. Because yeah. you, you appreciate it more. It's like, hey, I am working and paying my <laughs> money to do this I'm going to be there. It, At least that's from my perspective. I, no, I agree. I, I, largely, I agree. Um, I, I don't know how much things have changed. You know, I don't know if you guys had thought about this. When I was in college, it was considerably before you guys were in college. A little bit. <laughs> earlier, yeah, yeah. Earlier, little bit. earlier in the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, 
eighties dollars are different than today's 80s dollars. dollars are way <laughs> but anyway, I joined the guard, uh, and uh, so the state of Illinois paid for my college. Oh yeah, ah, uh, while I was you know in my early years of college, but. I also worked a job, you know, for spending money, things like that. And I know mom and dad helped out with uh, several things as well. But, you know, I had a little stipend from ROTC. And so there was always spending money. But I worked. But it wasn't an it wasn't an unusual thing. There were a lot of college students who were working. You know, there were campus jobs and things like that. It would, just wasn't – I didn't think twice about people who worked and went to school. When I went back to school in 1990 – no, sorry. Yeah, 1996. Uh, at, I was one year at, old. At Indiana – Okay, this is right before, right after I after I met Beth, right before I married her, I did a whole semester at, in Bloomington, and it was great because you know upper level classes, I was really enjoying it, and I was older, obviously, and and getting more out of it. But I was working a job uh, as a waiter at a Tibetan restaurant. I've told stories about that. Yeah, before. that's right. Yeah. The Snow Lion, owned by the Dalai Lama's nephew, and that's not even a joke. <laughs> and. On one occasion, the professor from my uh, early American literature course, no, not early American literature, uh, history. It was a history course on early American intellectualism. Right. Anyway. That sounds like a in college class. With it with several yeah. other, yeah. I'm assuming they were other scholars, other faculty members. I didn't recognize them, but I recognized him. And he somehow recognized me, even though I had his course in a lecture hall. And uh, I greeted him. I said, hello, and seated him. He says, oh, yes, you're in my such-and-such class. I said, that's right. He goes, so you work here? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And you go to school at the same time? Yeah, I do. Oh, and he shook his head like this was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. Really? And uh, I didn't think a whole lot about it until a little bit later in the same semester, I had to meet with my early American lit professor to talk about a team project, which I hated because they just assume that you've got all your time out of class, right. out of their class is free and you can coordinate, but you got to coordinate with two different people's schedules. I'd rather just work on my own. But anyway, he's, he was t- telling me about how here's the direction you need to go. And you probably have to work around this guy's schedule because I don't know how he does it, but this guy works. He's got a job. And I said, I got a job too. You do? Like it just right. didn't dawn on them. Like, what did you guys do? Where when did it like, start? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, when did the I mean when did financial aid and student loans when did that start to that kick was, off? Oh, that's, that's been around. That's forever. always been around, yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean but, obviously there's a point where it may right. be kind of transition because well, you said uh, when I, you first went to college, I mean everybody was right. right. Well, I feel like since it. the whatever you want to call it, the excess of the eighties or whatever, since a little bit more of a um what prosperity? The prosperity pros- of the eighties and and on, people were more apt to go to college. It, and and ever since World War Two, like it's like, hey, you're going to go to college because that's the way you're going to get something, get ahead, right. or whatever. And, and that's trending down. That yeah. is trending down. Yeah. But here's why: not only because of the exorbitant cost of universities, because of so many off. kids coming out of these universities with gigantic debt and can't find a job. Right. Hey, uh, so what are you going to do with that liberal arts degree? Uh, teach, maybe? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what are you right. going to do? And here's the thing we're lacking in our country um, uh, as a society is blue-collar workers, skilled labor, yeah. all this kind of stuff, where you can go to you can go to six months at a program at a, at a, a, a trade school right. and be making 
excellent money. Never because, mind how, or, or two years, but they, they a lot of times have work programs where you, right. it's built into the curriculum that you work your way through school. Exactly yeah. right. right. And here's, a, we have a, a, a young man lives down the street from the church that uh, used to come to church and he'd help out um, Ken and Doug and some of the guys yeah, on Friday yeah, yeah, mornings yeah. and loved it. Talking about. Sure. Uh, just talked to his mom, gosh, a little while back and he's wrapping up the diesel program at Parkland College. Already yeah, has a job lined wow. up, like yeah, literally ready go. to go. Yeah. Already has a job lined up because, man, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm learning a skill, and here's what I'm going to do with it. You know, right, rather right. than some type of a. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging on some of these other degrees and things like this, but some of these things, like a history degree or like right. an English degree yeah. or whatever, where you really, I mean, unless you get into the, you know, unless you are a book editor or a teacher, like right. there's just some of these degrees you come out with with a huge amount of debt, especially from these Ivy League schools, right. And there's not much you can do with right. it, you know. Well, and and with Ivy League schools, you know, sometimes the connections pay off as much as and the that's, education. And that's, that's uh, yeah, and, true. and you know what you talked about helping your kids out. And you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And every parent wants to make things better right. for their children. Absolutely, like, right? I, maybe my parents couldn't do it for me, but I can do it for my kids. But got to take a cold, hard look at it. Am I better for having had to right. work my way through it? Right. I, do I want to rob my children of that kind of development? Right. Now, That's it's easy true. for me to say that, you know, if Riley, should he change his mind about going to college, which, you know, I, we were having to talk about just last night. Like, if you'd asked me at your age if I was going to college, I would have said, no, I don't want to go to one more day of school than I absolutely am required right. to by law. But I changed my mind by senior year. And so it was a good thing. I kept my grades up, kept my options open. That's what we were, we were having the discussion in that context but if he were to want to it's easy for me to him it's easy for me to say hey join the guard join the army now it's not as easy you know considering the world we live in joining the guard even is a little bit different prospect than it was back in the reagan years but do i even at that do i feel the same about rainy you know can i just hey go join the military so there's other options for her too yeah sure all right. Yeah. That's our life advice for today. Wow, no doubt. Yeah. That was a peace. good little... That's, a, that's our introduction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, now, yeah so, but we were talking about we, Easter. We had you know the, what? We got, That entire thing all stands all from you sitting by somebody that's at right, Fellowship on good, Fri- <laughs> good Friday service. But that was the service yeah. great. Easter service went well. It did. Um, went, I mean, just we had a lot of guests. We had a lot yeah. of you know, a lot of guests coming in, hanging out, and yeah, uh, uh, being with us for service. So it was a good weekend. Yeah, it was it really good was a good weekend. How and was your? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yesterday, I was privileged to pray with a man from this church. He's been attending some time. Gave his heart to the Lord yesterday. Praise God! With awesome. Two of his sisters and his one hundred and one year old today mom. Wow, yeah, that I, is I, incredible. I am certain that's the oldest person I've ever been uh, been privileged to pray with to re- to receive Jesus. So all four of them, all four of them, we prayed together. That it is was a beautiful, awesome. beautiful that's thing. That's so cool. So what that a nice so cool. cap to the weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. great. And we had uh, people coming up uh, on Sunday. We had several rededications. And, yeah, uh, it was it really was beautiful. Oh, that is and, awesome. And, the day, what a beautiful! Oh my gosh. Oh, you could not ask for a more gorgeous Easter yeah, Sunday. It was, it was so beautiful. Nice. We were yeah. out playing um, when we went out. To, we went out and visited my side of the family for a little bit, and then we went to Ashley's mom and dad's for lunch and hung out with some of the cousins and everything. Played football and just like catch. I mean, it was just all, it was so gorgeous. Yeah, so it gorgeous. was. We were we were throwing the football around at my mom and dad's too. 
And yeah. how was it? Just real quick before we move on, how was it uh, for your family lunch with your with your dad home and everything? How was it, all? It, it was nice. He was still back in his room, but he did. He ate. He found some food he liked, and that's always exciting when he gets some because that's been a struggle of his lately, finding food that tastes good enough to swallow. And he yeah. did. He enjoyed some of the things and uh, got in his uh, his wheelchair and actually sat outside on the oh on good. The front oh, that's that cool. That's awesome. Watched, you know, played God. talk with the grandkids and everything. So it was a great day for the whole family. Good. Really so was. good. So good. Um, and uh, coming up here, we've got Keith Hershey coming Keith in. Keith Hershey, kind of who, the next. That's who, coming this weekend. Yeah, this weekend, this weekend. He'll, he'll be in. Uh, he'll 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 get into town Saturday. Uh, I will talk to him. I don't know what you guys' schedules like. Maybe we'll try to get him in here Saturday night or something for a Ooh. podcast. What's this? Uh, but uh, might be tricky to pull off. It, regardless, Keith is a great guy. I have met him a number of times. It's been a long time, I believe. Uh, unless, would, do you guys remember if he was here at all while I was in Farmer City uh, as a, as a speaker? I, we've I don't. supported I don't. him. If we've supported him for a long time, and I remember times when he's been in when he's been in here. I can remember him speaking, but I can't remember the last time he was in what the date was and all uh, that. What Keith, Hersh- Keith Hershey. Keith uh, Hershey as a ministry called Mutual Faith Ministries that this church has supported for decades now. And uh, I, it's been so long since I had a sit down with him and since he's been in here that I can't give you a great detail on what it is he does, but he travels all over the world. They set up teaching centers. Uh, he does evangelistic work. Uh, and, and in addition to the you know, Bible training right. centers, but their la- I think their latest kind of the jewel of their uh, outreach lately is a center they have uh, established in Beirut of all places. And he just got back from there as a matter of fact. And so he's excited and I'm Ooh. so excited to hear about what he's been doing yeah. and hear what the Lord has uh, for him to share with us on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to encourage him to take his liberty uh time wise <laughs> yeah. i don't want him to feel is he we've only got him for one service yeah so. he he's only yeah. the morning yeah yeah so i'm excited about that um what else what else? well let's talk about that for a second because he is in he, he goes multiple like he's all over the place he's all over the place and again i couldn't even tell you where all he goes i wish i could tell you more about that uh but we'll certainly know more at the end of this week but uh as we were kind of kicking around uh before the podcast the the world is a crazy place yeah. for Christians these days. Yeah. And before anybody gets uh, their nose out of joint, I know there are other persecuted peoples. And it's funny to talk about Christians as a persecuted minority since we are technically the the majority religion in the world. Now, right. we could have a long discussion about what what is it that defines true Christianity right. because that includes Christians every stripe maybe the people who compile these statistics might even include right. people like uh, uh mormon jehovah's witnesses and and others that we would consider sort of pseudo christianity right uh, but those numbers just in a few millions anyway uh but when you talk about over two billion adherents catholics protestants independents also christians of every stripe who at least call themselves christians it, it's it doesn't sound right to refer to christianity as a minority but right. they obviously are the my the minority in certain regions of the world yep. uh, where christians constitute you know one or two percent of uh of the community and in many of those areas they are absolutely persecuted and when i'm talking when i say persecuted i'm talking about killed imprisoned tortured yep. not made fun of right actual yeah. persecution right so with that context you think about where, if you are going to be a follower of Christ, 
where do you least want to live in the world? Where do you most want to live in the world? Just in terms of freedom to worship as you as you believe you 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 want to worship right. and you believe you, believe you should worship. Yeah. Now, that's leaving aside the issue of where God tells you to go. If he, if he right. lays right. a country on your heart, I, you know, I've talked to so many missionaries over the world. The passion is always there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've read, and I've never met this person, but I read one account of a, of a missionary family who hated where they were. Every day was a struggle. They were there, and it was just the darkest, saddest article I'd read. We are here because pure obedience. We don't huh. love our job. It's hard. We're, you know, people talk about God putting a desire and a love for the job. We don't have that. We're here only because God told us to be here. It's like this resentment. The uh, only person I've ever heard. And so I, th- I just kind of wonder if they did hear from God because, right. you know, I, I talk about my visit to Niger with the right. child and it was exciting and it was enjoyable, but only because I knew I was coming home in 10 days. Right. You know, right. It, right. I couldn't live there. What? They can never wait to get back there. That's their yeah. home. That's their heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's God that does that. Yeah. So with all that, have, uh, having said all that, we live in one of the best places, if not the best place in the world, in terms of our freedom of religion and religious expression. However, as we have heard over the last years and even decades, this country is turning more and more, not just post-Christian, not just non-Christian, but anti-Christian, right. and yep. that is accelerating. Yes, uh, and we've seen it all over the world, and it's heartbreaking what these people are going through. Right. And if we have a shred of decency, we are praying for those people and doing right. what we can to help. Uh, how close are we to experiencing that kind of thing in this country? Do I foresee the day in the near future where Christians are being killed and tortured by the government? I don't. I do see us in jail. Uh, I see us with with severe legal uh, limits on what we can or what we are supposed to do and say. And I think that's that's going to happen not just in our lifetime, but in the next... uh, I'd, I would venture to say in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's so easy for us believers, being in the culture and country that we're in, just to completely take that stuff for granted. Completely yeah. take it for granted. I mean, if you really think about it, our country is founded on Christian principles. Sure it is. Founded on the Word of God. The founders were all very, um, uh, they were, they were, they were men of God. I mean, and you can, I mean, you can parse that out any way you want to and you know some of them say they were just deists or whatever the case is but we were founded on the word of god i mean our constitution is built around it yeah um our documents are and that's one of the things i believe has kept this country together for so long i mean what other country in the world can claim that that's been that's been i mean there's never been a coup i mean just regardless of what you say the last couple years never been a coup a military coup against our country i mean one document one piece of paper has been revered and adhered to for over 200 years i mean that's incredible absolutely 250 years just about that's absolutely incredible and almost unheard of the the foresight yes yes uh, (laughs) but now here's the and here's the thing that's one of the reasons why you know we're not going to see christians strung up in the streets or lighting the streets on Pikes, you know, just because right, right. of because of our constitution, because of the way our our country is set up. However, the way our legal system is set up, and the way that it has been kind of corrupted, and and the you know the, the direction we can easily see things going is a more of a, a of a heavy handed state, right? Coming against believers right. and Christians. Right. 
Um, and Pastor Scott, you had mentioned an article that you read earlier. I did, and I'm not sure where which one to start with, but but this is the one that really grabbed me, and this was somebody writing. Uh, he started actually writing about how uh, Vice President Pence had been invited to speak at a uh, well-known Christian university in his home state of Indiana. Right. And how the student body, maybe not the whole student body, but thousands of students and alumni were horrified at, at a prospect. Christian university? Yes, of, 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 wow. of him coming. And uh, even quotes, you know... Uh, I have, here's here's a letter from an alumni or a, yeah well a, a current student. I've never been made to feel so physically ill uh, by the you know by a prospect like this, and uh, the fact that uh, this university would invite Pence as a speaker honestly kills me a little bit. And just because they're Christian and these are people who would identify as Christians, but. They have abandoned some of the principles of Christianity. Now, right. here's, here's the, the part that really grabbed me. I'll read these two paragraphs. So a couple of years ago, when my local city council was preparing to enact a non-discrimination law for sexual orientation and gender identity, several Christians in the community spoke out against the unintended consequences, everything from opening up girls' bathroom facilities to grown men to the potential violation of the conscience rights of Christian florists, bakers, and photographers. When I stood for my public comment, I asked the council a simple question. Your ordinance exempts ministers from this non-discrimination policy, ostensibly meaning that if a minister doesn't want to participate in a gay wedding, he doesn't have to. I'm curious as to why you've done that. What makes a Christian minister's right to conscience any less offensive, bigoted, or discriminatory than a Christian baker's? I'll read this follow-up paragraph. While no councilman could or would answer my question, it sparked a conversation in which a culturally compromising Christian journalist in the town admitted it, admitted on Twitter that he thinks ministers should have to perform such weddings. And if they don't, quote, government fines, jail, and or loss of tax-exempt status for the church. Uh, That's just crazy. Well, it is. Uh, it it. it talk it my goodness we don't care you're absolutely free to practice your religion but if your religion and its practice thereof violates standards that we are just now passing we're going to shut you down and arrest you right it's not there yet but this but it's it's openly being yeah, talked about the mindset is there yes, yeah. the mindset yeah. is there and and i you know didn't know we were going entirely this direction so i would have looked it up but i've seen headlines and i've seen articles that talk about pastors in this country yeah who have had that happen to them because of their stance on certain issues. Right. And it, so it has happened and is happening. Yeah. It's not widespread by any case, and no. you won't see it You won't see it reported on other right. than, than in certain news areas that, that right. you know, have skin in the game with, you yeah. know, in Christian circles. It's happening. Like, it's coming. Yeah. And when I when I said that we take the, so much our our, li- our liberties and our freedoms as, as believers in this country, in the U.S., we take that for granted. Right. I wonder how much of the church, A, will fall in a lockstep because right. they don't want to push against it, or B, will even be ready for this kind of of um, persecution, this, right. kind of, this kind of heavy-handedness from government, from um, courts, from whatever. You know what I mean? Right. I mean because every, every time you turn around, some business or some person is being sued. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, there's an atheist group that wants to sue them. I mean, I mean, they're... 
working through the courts for every possible ground they can get. And right. they are um, absolutely sold out to this. Right. I mean, atheist groups and, yeah. and all this stuff, I mean, they're just, they're, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, they're just absolutely, they're, they're unending in their, in their push for all this stuff. Right. right. Push against Christianity. Yeah. And it's like, they, I don't understand. Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing my Bible in your face. I'm not making you believe anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I understand, you know, I, I just don't, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy to me the way that they are just completely sold out to this push against Christianity. You know, nobody's right. making them believe it. So why does it matter to you? You know what I mean? I know. I know. And the, yeah. and the kinds of, the kinds of news stories that they put out in, you know, um, attacking I, Christians and Christianity and the, the kind of, the, 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 uh, main thrust of of the article I just excerpted was that a lot of this agenda is being driven by people who call themselves Christians. Yeah. Uh, That there'll be Christians cheering when ordinances like this are passed because they are culturally compromised or theologically compromised by the culture. And you have to wonder, I wonder anyway, and I'm not, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. I know that there are Christians who absolutely, I think they're misguided. I think they're wrong, who actually do share those uh, compromised positions. I mean, that's something they're passionate about. Some of them, I wonder if they are just straining so hard to remain culturally relevant or popular that they would rather just project themselves in this light than hold on to what their core beliefs really are. Right. Uh, they don't want to look bad. Right. They kind of mistake relevance for witnessing. Well, they do. There's, there's, right. there's that, so much wrong with it. Um, and you know, there, there are one or two issues at the center of that, you know, the, the cultural hot button issues. And we can, we can dedicate a whole podcast or a series of podcasts to those things, but I don't think we have time to explore it right now. Everybody knows what they are. Uh, but as we were also talking about, there are religious communities and movements in the United States that are horribly restrictive that aren't getting any of this kind of attention in the press, not the, except right. if in rare cases by Christian press. And we're talking about uh, you know, Muslim communities, towns where uh, Sharia law has been implemented in some of our northern states. Uh, and when we talk about religious equality and bigotry in this country, it's so much of what's coming from government officials, and not just in this country, is let's stop the spread of Islamophobia. Let's be tolerant and peaceful and stop um, demonizing these people. And this was really brought into the light with this Sri Lanka mas- uh, Easter massacre yes. a series of attacks Where, on yes. on christian worshipers yes planned in hotels and churches attacks. planned time attacks terrorist attacks uh that killed what's the the body count's got to be up to it's, 300 it's close now. to 300 and injured over 500 yeah and and the reaction coming from well-known government leaders as compared to the same to the response from the same people when the Muslims were massacred in New Zealand, Christchurch, Christchurch, New Zealand, with a death count of four or five. Yeah, it was under ten. Uh, oh, okay, all right. Well, right. I, I mean, it was. I thought else. it was lower. I thought Actually, was I don't know. We'll get the. It was way lower. It was way lower than this. Way, uh, way fewer people, uh, and you know, one is too many. I get it. But the the thing is, 
when these government officials referred to that, they stood in solidarity with the Muslim global community against these acts of terror. When, they, when these same people responded to these attacks on Christians in Sri Lanka, they referred to them as Easter, Easter worshipers. worshipers. Mm-hmm. And no reference to terrorism. No, nothing even remotely referencing the Christian global community. Right. Uh, these just happened to be little isolated pockets of Easter worshipers. This right. was an attack on Christianity. It was a random attack that happened to kill people who were worshiping on Easter. It's it's nuts how mm-hmm. people are. And I'm not, man, I'm not anti-Muslim. I, I, I am absolutely anti-Islam because it's, it's, it's false, you know. I'm I'm pro. I, I'm anti lie. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I want the truth, and I believe Christianity is the truth. So therefore, I'm not going to do anything to defend Islam as a belief system. But I'm not anti-Muslim. I don't. I don't rejoice in the killing of Muslims. Right. Uh, God Himself takes. God Himself takes no pleasure in the death of the unrighteous right. or of the sinner. Okay. That's not what this is about. It's this whole idea that. Government officials don't want to be seen standing in solidarity with the Christian global community right. because obviously we're a bunch of hate-filled bigots. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And, and it's just, this is the and it's it's on purpose. They're yeah. they're, they're oh, yeah. they are working hard to portray Christianity that way right. so that and nobody's going to get up to well why wouldn't we throw these guys in and jail? And it's a they're fascinating a look at yeah. I mean, when you take, I mean, especially when you've got two of these incidents that are so close together that are diametrically opposed to one another, yeah. the the response here and how different it is. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, they, um, you know, people were so quick to throw Christianity and the church and, and Christians uh, individually under the bus yeah. for being bigots and homophobes and all this other stuff when this other population of religious believers stand far in a way, oh, more my. strictly against these things. Absolutely and you right. Do not hear about it, nope. other no. than from Christians that are calling this out. That's right. It's like uh, one of the common things is you've got some of these groups that are completely silent on some of these things yeah. that are going on in the Middle East. It, it, it is absolutely crazy that the same people who are defending and fighting for these rights and these recognitions are the ones who are defending and protecting. People who will attack them way harder oh, yes. than the church yes. has ever attacked. Them. There are yeah. there are there are homosexuals being thrown off of roofs in Iran and yeah. and executed. I mean, it's like silence. Yeah, that's silence. Right. And yeah. yet, you have a, a baker in Indiana that's not going to bake a cake or wherever Colorado, wherever it was. Right, right. Colorado. That's not going to bake a cake for a gay wedding, and all of a sudden, everybody is up in arms, and he threatens to lose his business right. and has to go to court. Federal court, Supreme Court, I mean, it's absolutely nuts, and yet right. complete and total silence on anything else, right. on yeah. anything else from any other religious sect, right. I mean, any other religion. Right. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely nuts. And here's why there's a spirit behind that. Sure there is. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. there is a there is a clear spirit behind that. There is no other reason. Because if you really stood for my freedom to be X, my freedom to be Y, my freedom to do this, my freedom right. to do that— and but you only push that freedom against the Christians, right? And not against any other religion who's also against what you're or whatever, right. you know. That's not logical. Like that's right. not if you're if you're for something, you're for it regardless right. of who's right. pushing back against you. Right. But when you're only facing that one direction, yeah, there is a there is a force, there is a there sure. is a spirit behind that, 
and that you know the spirit of the age yep the antichrist i mean it's just there's that's the reason there's no other there's no other logical explanation yeah. for that yeah. right no other logical right. explanation for that spirit of the age that's that's out of the line it. from robbie i mean robbie uses that zeitgeist a lot. right <laughs> what spirit of the age zeitgeist. oh is that zeitgeist. oh okay yeah. gotcha gotcha uh, just, I mean, it's, so it's just crazy. So I guess, I guess the message to, to share with, you know, our fellow believers, our church family and beyond yeah. is be ready, be yeah. prayed up, be prayed up, be yeah. ready to push back, you know? Yeah. Sorry about that. That's someone being ready right now. That's right. That's right. Call <laughs> hey, first caller, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was dad. Maybe I should have taken it. Oh, oh gosh. Hey, Actually, I've, I've t- we've taken some calls before. I think they've all been... We took a call from my grandma one time. Remember? That's right. right. Yeah, because I told you you better say I love you before <laughs> yeah. you get off the phone. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but uh, yeah, just I mean, just got man, my goodness, be prayed up, be ready. Yeah. yeah. And be, listen, let's and, uh, and, and, and sorry, one last thing. Yeah. When I say be ready, I mean, uh, what does Jesus say? If you're not ready to to lose your life for my sake, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you better be ready to give up the things that you are comfortable with. And I'm speaking to myself too. I'm looking right Take in the mirror. Take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow after me. If you're not ready to lose. Your some freedoms, your liberties, your yes, yes. Yeah, that's that, that's it. And and before you know, I know we're, we we got to be wrapping this up, and I don't want to end on that note. With all of that, yeah, is the spirit of the age is the is the trajectory of this this um, culture moving against us? It is. Do I see it turning back? I don't. Doesn't mean I'm I'm right about that. There could be a great revival Amen that to turns that. this Amen around. That, that is an absolute right. possibility. I'm commenting on the trend. I'm commenting on what I see in the immediate future. Doesn't mean it can't be turned That's back around. Right. I That's pray exactly that it does. Right. Doesn't matter exactly in terms of the timing or or how it goes for us sitting in this room or people in this community out there in listener land. Ultimately, Christ has promised us the victory. We know that God loves us. He has a great plan for us. He has overcome the world. So the spirit of this world is not a threat to us. The gospel will continue, continue to be preached. And as we know, we don't want to live it out. But as we've heard from missionaries, guest speakers, and as we continue to hear all over the world, places and down through history obviously starting in the book of acts where christianity has been persecuted the hardest it has flourished that's right uh most prominently and really right. and, and, the, and the people that grow in that environment are strong and i mean I, yes absolutely and i think go deep yeah. there's no better time to stand strong with your that's with our right. church family and with other believers sharpen other believers uh uh yeah. you know not only just witnessing to the people around us right. but sharing our love of Jesus Christ with one another right. and allowing that to be seen. One of the examples, you know, is, is just being able to be a blessing to, you know, uh, other church family. But we got, we got a family that's moving this week, a couple families that are moving this weekend. Right. And we are, we've got a, we got a list of people that are ready to come with trucks and trailers yes. and just man, be, be a blessing and be moving. And somebody's a neighbor says, man, that was crazy. You guys got that done. Yeah. My church family, man, they are, they are behind us and they're right. with us. You know what yeah. I mean? What like, do we want? We want the opportunity to share the truth of Christ with people. Yeah. Right. What's going to give us that opportunity? People seeing a community they want to be a part yes, of. Exactly yes. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Because everybody has a need in their lives. That's right. And I'm not saying we're here to meet all the needs. I'm just saying that people, people will see when they see somebody living a life they want to live, or when they see somebody being supported by a, a community, right. They're going to say, Oh, I will, I want to have that. I need that in my life. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so that we need to be that community. We need to be that light 
Absolutely. in our in our town, in our county, whatever. Um, and man, I'm excited about. It. I'm excited to be able I to too. be there and help that family out yeah. this weekend and, right and all that. So anyway, it's just fun to be. A, it's just awesome and a blessing to be part of the body of Christ and really people Amen. be there for you. You be there for other people, cooking meals for people, yeah. ministering to people. You being able to go to that gentleman's house and pray with his whole family. Yeah. Be, why? Because he's been here. And you've been able to witness right. and you've been able, you know, it's just awesome. I love it. I just love what God can do when his people come together yeah. and are obedient and, and walk in the way. So very yep. exciting. When we awesome. see things moving a direction, we don't want to see them not mean God is not on the scene. Working, Amen to that. Loving, That's exactly saving lives. right. That's Absolutely exactly right. Awesome. Changes, so. awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified about future episodes. Also, make sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Send any questions that we got to podcast at livingwordfamily.org, or you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Send us questions that way, too. So, yeah, thanks again for joining us, guys, this day on the episode, this episode of the Living Word Family Church podcast. Peace out. See ya.